accelerating pace of modern life makes this next feature almost mandatory. On Monday of this week, a drop in pressure, a pressure drop, was detected along one of Chevron's pipelines, which carries diesel and jet fuel between Salt Lake City's refinery and Boise, Idaho. Chevron had to close the valves and stop all flow through the pipeline. It's estimated a total between 100 and 150 barrels. That's around average 5,000 gallons leaked into the wetlands around the Salt Lake, the Great Salt Lake. Just weeks before millions of birds are expected to arrive in the area on their journey to nesting sites further north. This according to oilprice.com. John Whitehead, the assistant director of the Utah Division of Water Quality, says one of the concerns we have is three weeks to clean up before the northern migration. More important, he says, than the risk of, than risk of fire are the toxic effects on the ecosystem. The diesel is floating right now. That allows the cleanup to happen more easily. Well, spread some dispersant on it. That'll cure that. Uh, returning to John Whitehead's comment, but we will be looking at longer-term impacts to the wetland area if it flows through. Our Leak of the Week plaque, a virtual plaque, of course, goes to our friends at Chevron. Hello, welcome to the show. From Santa Monica, California, the edge of America, the home of the homeless, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen... High death, low death, no death, take my hand. It's a digital wonderland. News of the digital wonderland. For you. Got to be so careful where you stand. In the digital wonderland. This is based on um, the, a report by the Pew Research Center into uh, the state of the media, specifically radio. Radio. Yes, radio. It says NPR may have positioned itself for the digital age better than other news radio, at least in terms of finding its audience. NPR's radio listenership declined somewhat last year. Did you know that? Hello? You still there? But new audience to the network's mobile apps seems to be making up for that loss, if not more than making up for it. But while new digital options grew in their audience share, AM and FM's beleaguered attempt to draw people back to radio through HD did worse than ever. For the first time since 2004, when HD radio receivers became available for retail sale, more radio stations in America have dropped their HD signal than adopted the technology. By December of last year, 2,048 stations were broadcasting an HD signal down from 2,103 at 2011, according to analysis from the Project for Excellence in Journalism. What does that have to do with radio? HD failed to both entice AM, FM listeners to pay up rather than continue listening for free. <laughs> why, would, why would they refuse to do that? Please give. And to draw those willing to pay away from satellite radio. Signs do not look promising on the consumer side. Since 2008, the price of an HD, of a, of a receiver capable of receiving so-called HD radio, so-called because it has nothing to do with high definition. It's just a term. It's like an HD toothbrush or an HD sponge. Anyway, the price of a, a receiver able to receive these signals has dropped from nearly $100 to about $50. In response, the developer of HD radio, Ubiquity, 
began pushing car manufacturers to include factory-installed HD receivers in their newer models. So far, nearly 30 car models carry this feature. That would sound impressive until you realize that trails the number of models that come equipped with Pandora. <laughs> all right, then. So here's, here's a word to the wise to all those affiliated stations of this broadcast who put me on their HD stream. Help! Help, please. And now, ladies and gentlemen. News of the Atom. Clean, safe, too cheap to meet. Just waiting for the drummer. Safe, safe, too cheap to meet. Clean, safe, too safe to meet. Clean, safe, too safe to meet. Safe, safe,